and welcome to Shots with Catherine, Conversations with Creatives, where I chat with creators of all different mediums to get into what really keeps those creative gears turning. Today, I'm excited to welcome musician Trey Hughes. Trey is a Los Angeles-based music teacher, songwriter, and lead singer of several bands. He's also recently launched a new online music school, Paper Street Studios, LLC. We met on the set of an independent feature film in 2019, where I was a cinematographer and Trey was acting and performing a song in the film. Welcome, Trey. Thanks for being here. What's up? Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. This is awesome. So first, tell me, what sparked your passion for music? Because you're currently working as a musician, songwriter, music teacher. How did, uh, how did that start? Yes, it's really odd. I, my parents got me in piano lessons when I was young. I hated it. I never practiced. And the irony is not lost on me that now I am a music teacher trying to get all of my students to practice. <laughs> but... Um, I didn't even really like it. Then, around my teenage years, I just started listening to rock and roll a little more. And as corny as it is, there's this band called like Switchfoot or whatever. It was like this kind of alternative rock band. And I was dragged to this movie with my sisters. It was a walk to remember. And I thought it was just like kind of a corny movie. I was like 12. I think the girl gets cancer at the end and like dies. That's a love story. It was actually a pretty nice movie. But the whole soundtrack this band Switchfoot did, and I just fell in love with the songs. And I heard the guitars, and I was like, man, how do I do that? So I just begged my parents for guitar lessons um, and drum lessons, and finally figured out and just started writing songs. My first hundred songs were bad. They're still sometimes bad, debatably. But, but yeah, I just kind of heard other people writing songs in my teenage years and was like, ah, I want to try that. I want to try that. Is there a particular genre or type of music that really inspired you when it came to writing songs and wanting to try that? Yeah, and again, it was like kind of that like alternative 90s rock, like not so much like the like the butt rock type stuff, but just kind of like more of a, you know, the All-American Rejects, the Panic at the Disco, the, the, the Foo Fighters still. Um, it was the band, like the Goo Goo Dolls. It was kind of that like alternative rock sound, but then, as I got older, I really started to fall in love with like Johnny Mitchell and the Bob Dylan stuff and the folk. And then now I'm like into really like kind of poppy stuff, sometimes hip hop stuff, sometimes still rock. But I feel like the more I do this stuff, the more it just kind of branches out. Yeah, it's so interesting to see how music taste just evolves over the years. First album I ever bought was Katy Perry's One of the Boys. And awesome. I was into I was into kind of poppy stuff. And then that evolved. I went through my angsty teenage emo phase and... Then exactly. my brother always exactly. listened to weird stuff. <laughs> and then the older sibling will definitely give you the, the inspiration to kind of steal their music taste. I know my sisters listen to cool stuff and I would, you know, being the younger brother, I would definitely take their music. So totally true. And so you mentioned guitar lessons and drum lessons. So what instruments do you play and kind of what came first? Um, first came piano. And again, I didn't really like it. My parents couldn't really get me to practice. I did learn a little bit of stuff. Um, and then from there came guitar and drums kind of at the same time. I wanted to try both. And then I slowly added back in piano. And then I just bought a ukulele board and got a mandolin board. And then a lot of the stuff from guitar kind of translates to bass. I'm not the most amazing bass player, but I bought a bass. So now I teach uh, drums, guitar, piano, ukulele, a bunch of different stuff. And then I actually went to school for voice. So I just kind of do a little bit of everything. I wouldn't say I'm the best at any one of these things, but I can do all of them pretty confidently. 
Wow. Yeah, that is, that's quite a range. I remember when my brother took drum lessons, it was, it was kind of the worst. He would like to, he liked waking me up by practicing the drums. And that was kind of funny because outside of that, my mom had a really hard time getting him to practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just only when he was being spiteful towards you. That makes sense. I did similar stuff to my sister. I'm proud of it. I had, uh, had the same, except with me, it was violin, not piano. Kind of same thing. Parents wow. were like, you got to play an instrument. Yeah, violin is so hard. I feel you. I don't think it I could pick is. it up now. It's a very, very difficult instrument. Oh, yeah. I remember like, marking, the teacher was marking the spots on the where you had to put your fingers, and I could never remember. I had the tape on for an embarrassingly long time. I was no, not a good okay. violinist. <laughs> the thing is, is like people think guitar is like equally hard, and I think guitar can be hard. I'm not trying to put down my own instrument, but we have frets. We have these metal things. So like, if I put my finger down, the note is perfect if I'm in between that fret. Violins don't have frets, so you have to have the perfect intonation. You can have to be like a centimeter off and completely ruin the song. So I think it's super difficult. I feel you. And so on the note of the other instruments that you play, is there any one you would say that you kind of have a particular affinity for that you would say is your favorite or do you love them all equally in different ways? I, I think they're all so important. I do just from writing a song, I do just love grabbing a guitar and singing and playing something. But that being said, there's lots of debates over some people think it's better to start with just a drum track and write a song to it. And, and sometimes when I write piano or start with piano, I get, I get different things out of my songs. But my go-to bread and butter would be the guitar for sure. What's your process like when you're writing some piece of music? How do you start? Yeah, I wish I could say I had a process. Um, I've written a lot of songs at this point, and I feel like sometimes I just got a little guitar jingle and then some lyrics come. Sometimes I'm writing in the car and a line will come to me. Sometimes the melody comes and I have no words at all. I wish I could say I have a process, but sometimes it's just like a download. And whatever piece of the puzzle I can get first, I then kind of try to fill everything else out through there. A lot of times it's just like a little riff on the guitar or a lot of times it's one line. I'll, I'll, you know, have a couple lines or sentences in my head and then, you know, find the right music to fit it and then it just kind of comes together. You you do work as a songwriter and then you're also part of a couple of musical groups. Is there one particular genre that you focus on or is it a mix of different genres for all the different musical work you do? That's an awesome question. So I have a band, we're kind of, not so much on hiatus, but you know, some of the members moved home, one of the members is kind of doing a DJ thing, one of the members is focusing on his career. We're still around, we still hang out, and that's like my Sleepy Orange band. And we were doing kind of like a surf indie rock thing, which I love. And then my own stuff in college was very like kind of folky and folk rock. And I feel like I almost got too dragged into it. I remember a year or two ago, I was like, I have to release folk rock songs because the the 300 people who listen to me are really going to care if I get outside my genre which is so stupid. So now since then, I've just been releasing everything. My next song is another kind of like rock song coming out. The one after that is kind of like an 80s pop song. I got like a little heavier one after that. So I'm trying not to, it was very much so just like an alternative rock and sometimes folk thing. And now I'm trying to just write whatever the hell I want and not worry about, you know, the handful of people who, you know, would may or may not even care at all, you know? Oh yeah, it's important to have that passion for what you're writing for. If you're trying to just stick with one genre, but you're lacking that, passion then that's probably going to come through and I feel like that authenticity that passion is the most important thing especially if you're starting out if you're building a following I would agree so yeah I definitely was on kind of just the rock thing but I'm trying to just do whatever comes naturally at this point that's awesome and I can imagine working solo versus trying to work with a band that must be a totally different creative process what's it like collaborating with a band versus working solo uh, it can, it's, 
it just depends, you know. I, I've collaborated with a lot of people. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. My band was awesome. I just feel like we were all very good at different things. Our first couple songs is our most debatably successful song, Waves. I wrote it on my guitar, just the lyrics and some chords. He wasn't great at the project, the rest of the band. And then my guitar player, Ed White, was like, ooh, let me change the chords. Change it amazingly. The bass player put a really cool bass line over it. The drummer just really then enhanced the track and produced it. And I feel like that's when we work best, when we're in our own lanes. So do you perform live often? Man, I really did before COVID. It was awesome. Now I've done a couple like, you know, like streamy type things. I haven't jumped back out there. I need to. Um, there's really no excuse. It is coming back in LA. I've just been lazy, it's, which is not a cool thing to say on a podcast right now. But I used to perform live all the time and I'm hoping to jump back on them in the last couple of months. I kind of stopped for COVID, kind of wrote some new songs, had a kind of some shifts. So we'll be back out there very soon. Yeah, COVID's definitely impacted stuff. And I feel like even if things are slowly coming back to life, there's still that hesitancy about yeah. going out, large groups. I, I go out every now and then, but it's been a long time since I've been in, say, a concert setting where you've got a ton of people, big crowd. Yeah, it feels different. Nobody's quite, I don't think anyone's 100% comfortable with it yet, so it's just, there's still just a little fight there, for sure. Uh, so you're also a music teacher. How did you get into teaching? Um, <laughs> I was really bad at math. And my math teacher, Miss Stevens, knew I played piano, and she told me that her kids, it was like a senior in high school, she told me that her sons wanted piano lessons. So she would help me with my math, a little extra, it probably wasn't right, but she would like, let me come to her house and kind of help me with my math, and I gave her kids piano lessons. And then from there, to make a little money in college, I did it here and there. And then when I moved into Los, or moved to Los Angeles with my music degree, it was, it kind of made the most sense. It started one-on-one, -on -one, and then this year I got into a classroom setting. So right now I'm working at a boarding school uh, part-time, which is kind of cool. I teach a middle school class and a high school class. And then I also, three days a week, teach private lessons, uh, just one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes through Zoom, um, and then sometimes in person, too. Wow, I can't even imagine trying to teach music to a whole classroom full of kids. What, what are some of the challenges <laughs> of that? Yeah, it's... They're kids, you know what I mean? And they're in boarding school, so they're rowdy. Some of them are friends, some of them want to talk. So if I have you in a room and it's one-on-one, -on -one, we're doing music 100% of the time. I will say that with a classroom full of, you know, 12 middle schoolers and 20% of the time is, hey, pay attention. Hey, get off your phone. Hey, do this. So there's a part of me that, like, becomes a teacher in a way I never expected. I would have to, like, you know what I mean? You see kids holding hands or something, I have to say no, or they want me to care about dress codes I don't really care about, or I have to give detention. So those are the parts that aren't really fun that are kind of just interesting i just never expected myself to be a teacher and have to act like i care about like your shirt being tucked in or something you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man it's like yeah like, you got to write them up for that but it's like i, I didn't even notice i don't give a shit yeah exactly <laughs> but but okay sorry it's my job i will so those are the weird parts i love teaching the music but just some parts where i have to become like a dis disciplinary it's like ah, okay what instruments do you teach at that um, in the school? At the school, it's just like a general music class. So I usually teach music theory, uh, have kids kind of know how to read music, how to write music, how to read rhythms and stuff, give them a little music history. And then I usually end the lessons or end the classes and I have everybody pick a couple of different instruments. So I'll have a group of guitar players, I'll have a group of drummers, I'll have a group of pianists. Um, I encourage them to try other instruments if they know how, but I, I'm honest with them about the ones I can actually teach them. 
so they usually pick an instrument that I can teach them. And then at the end of the year, we put bands together. So I'll grab a drummer, put them with a couple of guitars, put it with a bass player, find a singer at the school. And then it's a general music class, but we do try to kind of have some kind of ensemble at the end. Wow, that sounds really fun. I wish I had you as my music teacher when I was in school. <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you. You'll have to ask some of my students. I'm not sure they'll agree, but hopefully. <laughs> That sounds awesome. I remember being bored in various music classes. We would just sing songs or play yeah. recorders. Mine was similar. The teacher just kind of wasted time. It was like, okay, I didn't really learn anything, but I sang. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so much education this these days, music and other subjects could be so much improved because there's things like music, history, science, where in school i thought it was boring but then once i got out into the real world and read a book about it or experienced it yeah, or i thought it. oh this is so cool this is so fun this is so interesting and i really wish that it had been presented to me in a way that inspired me to love it absolutely i agree completely. And music is music is a big thing and absolutely. is that like so as a teacher you're kind of responsible for that like you're trying to not only teach them but then share your passion with them like are you how yeah. do you how do you try to share your love for music with the kids man that's a great question um <laughs> generally because i have a lot more experience on the one-on-one -on -one, i'll show them songs i like i'll try to play for them i'll try to explain what got me into it as a, as a broader music teacher i'm still kind of working on that it's my first year doing like the whole group class thing so I'm still trying it's like I, when I do private lessons, the person's paying me, they want to be there for sure. When I'm doing a class at a school, it's like they may or may not have just ended up in that period. Some people really want to be there. Some people are just like, oh my God, it's fifth period, get me out. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to connect if they're interested from the get, whereas getting those ones who aren't necessarily can be a little tricky. I try to ask them right. what music they like. I again, try to have them like pick an instrument. But that is where I'm still struggling. If you hear this podcast, send me an email and let me know if you have tips. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it comes to one-on-one -on -one music lessons what's your approach does it it does it differ depending on what instrument or is there kind of a process that you start off with for new students yeah great question um it absolutely differs when i first took out lessons it was just like i sat in a piano book and i just read the piano book and i hated it then i had a guitar teacher who was super cool but they just showed me how to play songs and they under and they didn't explain anything. I could play some songs, but I really didn't understand any of the theory behind it. So mm -hmm. when I get a new student one-on-one, -on -one, I try to explain that to them and I ask them what their goals are. Do you want to write songs? I'll show you how to write songs. Do you want to just know how to play 50 songs and jam? I'll do that. Do you want to be Beethoven? Do you want to read all this music? Like I will teach you that too. So I try to actually just talk to them instead of just doing it my way and hoping for the best. Uh, I try to get their goals and then, you know, if they want to learn a little bit of everything, I'll try to broaden it out. But if they want to be a classical student, then hell yeah, we do that. We read music. If they just want to jam or 13, a little lazy, then I teach them some, some Nirvana songs. It's just kind of it's a case by case. And so you also started this online music school. <laughs> Can you talk yeah. a little bit about what went into that? What inspired you to get started and what goes into creating a music school? Yeah, so it's just, I have like an LLC, so you guys, you know, if I get sued, I can't do for, you know, too much more than I have. <laughs> um, and because I've been teaching lessons privately for so many years, back to the COVID thing, if the COVID thing happened in my job, my boss took us completely online. So I kept working, all my students were on Zoom. And at first I hated it. And then after the couple of months, I actually kind of liked it. I can turn my camera here and there, I can put stuff right on their screen, I can email them their homework. And I thought, 
you know, I, I love my jobs. I'm so thankful to be hired at these other schools too. But I thought, you know, I don't have to split this with my boss. I could just have somebody log onto my Zoom here. So I opened up a, a third school to be teaching at, which is just my own. Uh, if you go to treyhughes.com, you can book a lesson. And it's cool because you can get like four lessons and then just do them at your leisure. It must have been a challenge. I can imagine adapting to teaching over Zoom. Like you mentioned, it was a challenge from the start. Music, it's it's so hands-on sometimes, like learning an instrument. How are you able to overcome the challenges of Zoom? Because you mentioned that, you know, you kind of got it down. You got it to a, to a point where you like teaching over Zoom better. How are you able to effectively do that? Man, at first, like I wouldn't even have their books. They would sign on and they would be like reading out of a book. And I don't didn't even own their book. So I was like, I don't know how to even see if you're right or wrong. So I, if one of them is just being prepared, make sure I know what they're working on. And I have all the materials also and that they have the materials. So we're looking at the same things. As obvious as that might seem, it wasn't the case always at first. And another thing is is uh, dealing with latency and glitch. I have to assume that because it's going from spacing back down or whatever, that I'm always about two seconds ahead of them. So if I'm trying to get them to play with me a guitar part, I count out one, two, three, four, and I start playing it. And in my speakers, they're about two seconds behind me. I have to just account for that and kind of keep playing and kind of judge it. So it's not always the easiest thing, but I do have it kind of down to a, down to a method in the science, I think. And it is really nice to just be able to turn the camera right at my hands or turn the camera right at the screen or turn the camera wherever they need. So the technology makes it easier in ways, but then also you just do have to be weary of, of the latency and just things like that. Yikes. Yeah, that delay sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, the first couple months, it was like, I don't know how to teach you this, but you, you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So what's your setup like? Uh, I got like a, a little camera that kind of swivels and stuff, or like a camera holder. I got a keyboard. I got a bunch of guitars. I got speakers. I got, I don't know. I got all the Zoom stuff. <laughs> all, the, awesome. all the instruments and the Zoom stuff, yeah. <laughs> So do you also produce or do you just write music and songs? And a great question. I write songs and then I produce them to my best abilities, which is not great. Um, I know how to do the stuff. I know how to record. I know how to lay in bass. I know how to layer. But I have so many friends who I went to school with or worked with in the past who are better than me. So I, the ego, I have to put away there. I'm like, I, I could produce this, but the truth is my friend could produce it twice as good. So why the hell would I not just hire them? You know what I mean? Um, so I produce, but I rarely release the stuff I've produced. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I mean, there's definitely skills where it's good to know how to do it at least a little bit, but at the end of the day, yeah. that's not your main focus. I mean, like I'm mainly exactly. a DP and producer, exactly. but I also, I know how to edit. I can do a little bit of color, but I prefer, I don't usually yeah. do that stuff. You know it enough to discuss it or like I yeah. can get it produced to start it out so they know my vision, but I will, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody's better than you, why would you, why would you want your product to suffer? Why not, <laughs> why not have them do it? So do you just write for yourself or do you also write for other artists? Yeah, so I mostly write for myself selfishly, but I've written for a couple of different artists, done some collabs at school. Um, uh, a buddy, my buddy Trey Booty, who produces my stuff, and we co-write. I co-write on some of his songs. My sister just came out with her first song. I kind of co-wrote and produced that. So, yes, the short answer is yes, I do, but I'm looking to do it more for sure. Yeah, I'm super curious about what's that like because I imagine it's probably one thing if you're writing a song for yourself, you can just write about whatever you want, whatever inspires you. But then if you're writing for somebody else, you have to take into account who they are, what their style is. What's it like writing a song for another artist? That's a good point. Um, and that's a good question. 
so like your point of being you have to really kind of think about their style you need to think about their range you need to think about you know what would they even put that out would they be able to sing it would uh, do the lyrics match them so absolutely that i will say some of it's a little easier when you're writing your own song you get so precious where somebody else's you can kind of see it a little more objectively yeah, same thing with sense. your problems you know what i mean you're in a relationship issue and it's just like oh no i can't mm-hmm. figure it out but then somebody else is in a similar relationship and you're like oh there's dope it. it's easy so yeah, that makes sense. some yeah sometimes seeing somebody else's song it's nice because you can see it from an outside perspective you're not so attached to it you can just give them a nice direct answer which is why collaboration is so nice at music and other things so what sort of genres have you written for other artists is it similar to the kind of stuff that you write for yourself or is it totally different genres yeah sometimes so my sister she did most of the writing but i, I helped here and there and it's like a really dark pop kind of electro like if you know like banks or somebody like that oh yeah uh, oh, I yeah love banks. and then you do awesome and then my buddy who i help write for he does like almost more uh, pop is such a broad thing but like very produced very pop very current type music and sometimes i help him with that stuff and then sometimes i'll you know help somebody with like a folk type song so i, I like to think it's really pretty broad is there a particular genre or style that you haven't written for yet, but would really like to something maybe out there or totally different than what you've done before? Yeah, I don't really want like to write a jazzy Christmas song. <laughs> I've never written a jazz song. I've never written a Christmas song. I think that Christmas comes every year and that it's probably wise to have one. And I love the way the old, I'm dreaming of a wild Christmas, just the way oh, those yeah. like old school, just like so milky and so warm and just those jazzy things. I want to write that. I would love to write like a rap song. I can't rap for shit, but I can rhyme pretty well. So I need to like work with a rapper. I'm interested in writing a lot of stuff. I've always kind of wanted to write a musical. So my ADD is taken off now, but the answer is yes. I, I want to write everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hear people complain about Christmas songs every year, but there's a reason that we keep listening to them. I mean, lots of people many. release lots of people release Christmas songs every year that don't that don't make it in history. But like those, there's those classics, and every now and then, people even these days, people release a song that's just really good. And I, I get what you mean. I do love those jazzy old Christmas songs, like with with all the yeah, all the, all the instruments and the vocals. yeah, just those timeless ones. Absolutely, like I. Yeah. My mom hates Carol of the Bells. She thinks it sounds creepy, but I love it. <laughs> I think you're both right. I love it and it sounds creepy. <laughs> and so we met on set of a film that was a fun indie kind of horror thriller and you were acting in the film as well as performing a song. Have you done much acting or was that kind of a one-off? <laughs> that was like my, my peak acting career for sure. Um, I did a lot of like musical theater in high school and college just because I like to sing and I was, you know, sick of getting hit in football and sports and stuff. So I would do all of those sorts of things. Yes, take um, the activity where you don't get hit. <laughs> exactly. It was great. So I did some theater acting, which is definitely different than film. That's why I don't think I'm a very good film actor because it's just like, you know, too, too expressive at times. But my cousin, who you know, uh, Rob Harmon, every now and then pulls me in on some like indie films or some short films, and I get to pretend like I'm an actor, and it's really fun. I'm definitely open to acting. I think acting is dope. Every now and then, you know, I have music videos, so I have to look dreamy into the camera, but I don't <laughs> think of myself as a good actor. But it, it, it's happened here or there, just some small, small projects. You did a great job in Holland. I, ha- I thought you were, I thought you were like acting full time. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Well, just, yeah, that's great. <laughs> did you did you write the song for that film or was that a or those songs you'd already written 
It was a previously written one. I sent uh, just a handful to Joe and he kind of picked between the ones he liked. And that particular one was kind of about addiction and uh, losing a friend. So I feel, I think it just fit the film pretty well. And so you mentioned that what so that song was about addiction and losing somebody. It, do you tend to write about personal experiences? What sort of things tend to inspire your songwriting? Oh, lots of things. Um, that one, like I didn't. I always am a little more dramatic. I have one that starts where I lose my dog, which is a true story, and then by the end of the song, my house is burned down. I like lost my wife and like all sorts of things. So. I definitely might start with the token of truth and then snowball into how can I make this song super dramatic. Uh, but that being said, a lot of times it's love songs. I know, cliche. A lot of times it's, you know, sad songs. I do like to do the, the mortality songs, thinking about like death or addiction or stuff, just because it is kind of real and I feel like it, it pulls on people. But it doesn't always have to be dark and emotional. I do like the happy songs too. I just signed for the first time. I feel like I sell out. Not really, it's a tiny label. I just signed one of my newer songs coming out to a, a small label here, an independent label. And it's the first time doing that just because every time I write songs, it's like I'm a romantic. I think you're going to go out there and a thousand Instagram followers are going to make it famous. And, you know, it gets a couple thousand plays and people say, Trey, I like your song. And then it just doesn't really do anything. So I am now looking at just kind of signing and partnering with, with people who do that. So this label kind of works with syncs and uh, placements and stuff like that. So it is my dream. I would love if one of my songs is like, you know, Netflix title theme song or something that would i would cry um so definitely that is the goal oh thank you so much so we'll That's see if awesome. anything happens on it I'm just sick of doing the same thing i'm just sick of releasing into the world and having nothing so having somebody else with some experience and some skin in the game i'm just excited to see if anything happens with it oh yeah and it's so important to put things out in different ways and try new things because you never know what's gonna land. I mean, who knows, maybe you release one song and it does make it big, but also you wanna have those other opportunities. You wanna be making sure that your music is reaching all possible audiences. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm just excited. And like you said, just to try something different. I just keep releasing the songs the same way and your friends say, hey, buddy, they sound great. And you're like, okay. And then you release another one. I just, <laughs> ready for something to have try something a little different and kind of on that note it's got to be so difficult putting yourself out there as a musician especially these days in the social media age when there's just so much content out there and we've all been at home for the last two years so how have you gone about trying to put your music out there and put yourself out there both like as a musician and promoting your services as a teacher as well yeah, man, truthfully, like, it's been the biggest struggle for sure. Um, and definitely the biggest doubt. And I'm sure, I'm sure film people feel this way. I'm sure any industry people feel this way. But every, it's so saturated. There's more artists now than there's ever been. There's more songs than you could listen to in a lifetime now. There's, it's just so hard to cut through the saturation. And I haven't been doing a good job of it. I've ran ads. I've tried to hire other companies that were just not really actually good at advertisements. Um, so the music thing, that's why, again, I just signed because I just felt like I was at a, at a dead halt with it. I'll never stop releasing music, but I just want to try another way of doing it because whatever way I'm doing is not working. And then the Instagram thing, the algorithms, you got to post every three days. You have to do this. You have to seem kind of cool, but not too cool. It needs to be authentic. It's like, oh my God, I can't keep up. So currently I'm really hoping this label give me some insight. I'm trying to set my game up on that, but I'm not doing great on it. And <laughs> just honestly... And then as far as the teaching thing, I ran a bunch of ads. I put like $500 into Facebook ads. I got one or two students, not great. Um, and my mom told a couple of her friends with kids that I teach and, and I got like eight students from them. So I'm finding that word of mouth is definitely better than just pouring money into the, 
into the metaverse. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm struggling with that. Again, if anybody has any, uh, any tips on this, email me. <laughs> but, but I would say that this is the toughest part of my artistry. Trying to, the art is easy. The art is fun. I'll never stop doing that. But trying to get it in the right ears is just, ugh. Oh, I can totally relate. I mean, like you said, there's so much content out there. There's so much saturation of music and film and how-to content. Just everything is out there. And then trying to be on top of social media and create enough things every day at the right time. That's like a full-time job in and of itself outside of everything that you're already doing in life. (laughs) Exactly. You get it. Exactly. It's hard to struggle for sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's so interesting because, yeah, there's so many different ways to put yourself out there. There's ads, there's so many different platforms and then word of mouth. And I mean, I I feel like I've gotten I've gotten a few gigs here and there off of social media, off of promoting myself. But then also so much has come from word of mouth. And it's an interesting balance, like networking, but also putting yourself out there enough so that people can see that you have a presence and that you know what you're doing. Such a tricky balance. Exactly. I, yes, I think we're on the same boat, just in <laughs> different boats, same waters, different boats. <laughs> and kind of on that subject, so you mentioned sh- shooting a couple of music videos and having to perform for those, and like some some theater experience, etc. What was it like working on a music video? What was it like being the artist and working with somebody to make your vision come to life? I absolutely love it. It's my favorite thing when I feel like the song part is done and I get to like just hand over my creative process to somebody else. Um, One of my favorite music videos, Darla, my friend Eric Rader did it. And I told him, I was like, I want like an old timey film type of thing and like the damsel in distress on the train tracks. And he was like, got it. And he didn't even shoot that, but it had exactly what I wanted to. It had a more clever story. And I just showed up in the outfit he told me to be in and he just made it happen shot for shot. Uh, similar things that happened with my cousin Rob like my first music videos was called thank you when I was like 20 years old and I just showed up in LA and he had the shots he had an actress and I just I love handing it over especially when I feel like I can trust somebody uh one other one I did was Henry um he directed it and he did my band Sleepy Orange's song The Way She Goes and it was just amazing again just everyone I've worked with I just kind of show up and they already have really direction and they already have like a plan and a vision, and I, that's my favorite thing. And you, I just really feel like I can give them the reins and trust them. That being said, I've never showed up in them and been like, oh, where do I put the camera? That might, that might feel differently, <laughs> but I've had, I've, had good, I've had good experiences. That's awesome. I mean, I think especially in the creative industry, collaboration is so important, because like you mentioned earlier with the band, we're all bringing something unique to the table. So with those, you basically just handed them the song mentioned a little bit about what your vision was and then left them to come up with the story absolutely and you have to be trusting but i mean they none of them let me down so i'm still still doing it that way <laughs> that's awesome how many music videos have you done Oof, um three for sure that i'm proud of that i can name like the, the way she goes from the sleepy orange one darla from tracy's the daydreamers and thank you also my my early one but i've got some other uh eh, that actually might be my only three that are actually like smart and have stories there's some other ones where i'm playing at bars or some like shorter kind of things but different videos but the only actually like well-produced ones are probably those three the way she goes is just like really trippy we wrote it right in the middle of 21 just like it's all right that's the way she goes like it's just like what can you do like a shrug your shoulders kind of summer song darla is like a western kind of like <laughs> old charlie chaplin type movie 
and it's really hilarious. And then Thank You is just kind of like, I was 20, so I'm like a little baby on there. And it was like one of Robert's first directing music videos too. So it's mostly just me wandering around LA, but there's a slight story there too. Uh, but yeah, check them out. They're mostly good. I bet they're awesome. I will definitely check those out. So last question, what are you working on now and where can we follow you? Oh, you can follow me anywhere slash Treyhuge Music, T-R-E-Y-H-U-G-H-E-S-M-U-S-I-C. Uh, that's like slash Facebook, slash Instagram, slash, I don't think I've used a Twitter in like 50 years. I'm not that old, sorry, in like five years, but <laughs> probably there too. Um, and I'm working, uh, I got like two or three new songs coming out. They should be out in about a month or two. It's kind of up to the label. We talked about that today. So I'm super psyched to kind of be working with somebody else. My next song is going to be called Feed the Fears. And it should be out in about a month. I wish I could give you an exact date, but don't have that just yet. That's exciting. I will definitely have to stay tuned. Yeah, we'll definitely have to stay tuned for those. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was so awesome talking with you and excited to hear these new songs coming out soon. Thank you so much, Catherine. It was good to catch up. Thank you for having me on here. I'm honored. Let's, uh, let's hang out soon. It was great. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Shops with Catherine, Conversations with Creatives. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Shots with Catherine. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help us grow, head to our Red Circle podcast page and donate to the show and get a shout out in a future episode. Be sure to tune in next week when I'll be joined by fine art photographer and graphic designer Vinnie Matthew. Thank you so much again for listening and catch you next week.